Welcome to this podcast for the Affair Care website. My name is Cindy Taylor. I'm one of the co-founders here at Affair Care, along with my dear hubby David, who is the man behind the camera. Welcome again to our podcast. We are continuing our little series about marriage, and uh, we are up to the third part of our series, which is the obligation of marriage. So uh, I'm going to jump right on in because it's a really important topic. And honestly, I think this one may be a little bit of a shorter podcast, and I hope you enjoy that. (laughs) Today, I'm talking about the obligation of marriage. And you might kind of wonder why I'm only speaking like there's one obligation. Uh, Clearly, in the Bible, uh, there are many obligations that are mentioned. Four quick examples. Uh, In 1 Corinthians 7, verses Uh, 2 to 5. This is where Paul is talking about the obligation for sexual relations and how a a husband should have sex with his own wife, not other women, (laughs) and the wife should have sex with her husband and not with other men, and that that both should fulfill their their marital duty to each other, and that that, uh, Paul writes, I think this is brilliant, that the wife doesn't have authority over her own body, but her husband. And likewise, the husband doesn't have authority over his own body, but the wife. And we'll get into this in a minute. I, I do want to uh, mention that, that that particular part has a great point that, that we're going to try to make about the obligation of marriage. Obviously, there is a an obligation to, to sexual relations in a marriage. And then in Ephesians 5, you know, a great chapter on marriage and the the duties of husbands and wives. Here again, it's Paul writing, and he starts with the wives, and and we're told to submit ourselves to our husbands as we would submit to the Lord. And this is not um, necessarily, I love to say that this is not something that's, oh, this is something we can give to our husbands, submit, we give it to them. But rather, it's like the Lord. He is the king. Whether we choose to worship him or not, he is the king. That is his position. And our husbands do have the authority over us, whether we choose to acknowledge that or not. What Paul is saying here is, choose to live in a way that acknowledges the position that he already has. And also that acknowledges the position we're in, which is we are under submission. We're not the heads of our house. Uh, likewise, to the husbands, he says that they're to love their wives. And and here, I think that's really important because men love to take, they, they want to be in power and be in control. And Paul is reminding them that uh, they are to love their wives sacrificially as Christ loved the church, sacrificially. So, and he even says that, I think it's a great way to say it, that husbands who love their wives love their own selves. <laughs> and that's important, right? Um, another obligation that is discussed in the Bible is having children and raising godly offspring. Uh, in particular, you know, in Psalm 127, uh, David writes about how children are a heritage from the Lord. And he, he writes about how they're like arrows in the hands of a warrior that we, we shoot out, which is kind of funny because I think his imagery there is supposed to be like, you know, they start in our quiver, but then we, you know, they are shot out into the world and and that's where david uses that analogy about 
Blessed is the man who has a quiver full of children. There are uh, many obligations, if you will, that are mentioned in the Bible. Um, but the one underlying obligation that I want to talk about today is the promise to provide lifelong companionship to your spouse. Uh, way back in Genesis, when God instituted marriage, he created Eve as a help meet for Adam. Now, many people have kind of misinterpreted this word. The help meet there actually is two words, not one big long one. It's a help meet. In those days, when somebody uh, was interpreting the word meet, they meant appropriate or approximate or similar. So what he was saying is cows have bulls. That's appropriate and similar. Giraffes have <laughs> giraffes, <laughs> appropriate and similar. Man did not have someone who was appropriate and similar to him. So God said, I'm going to make someone who is, who both will help you, but it's also going to be appropriate and similar. Here, God is, is saying, I'm, I'm going to make this person, woman, who is going to help you, but also would be your, your equal, your other half, okay? And in that instance, we don't mean that Adam was not a whole individual without Eve, but when you're married, you complement each other. Sometimes you will have one has a strength and the other is weak in that area, personality-wise or whatever. Sometimes you both have the same personality, and you, you're, you strengthen each other because you both have similarities in that area. So he made him a help that would be equal for him. And the concept that God was trying to get across when he created and instituted marriage was that when a couple is married, they provide lifelong companionship to their spouse. Now, when a couple uh, takes marriage vows, whether, whether you know it or not, and honestly, most people don't know it, what you're promising is to spend your life meeting their needs. That is to say, your spouse's needs, not the other way around. Today in society, we've been told that love is about you. <laughs> you will never be alone. You will get regular sex. You have somebody who's going to be there for you. You will have your needs met. Uh, so the focus is on the self. But as usual, the world got it 100% backwards. <laughs> The obligation in marriage, the obligation, is that love is about giving and not receiving. You promise in your marriage vows that your spouse will never be alone because you are going to promise to give them companionship. You promise to provide regular, lively, loving sex to your spouse. You promise to be there for them when they need the support and encouragement of a spouse. And you promise to spend your life getting to know them so that you would know how to meet their needs. When a spouse comes to us here at Affair Care and they say something like this, well, I'm not getting my needs met. That is nonsense to us. We do not have people fill out the Love Kindlers questionnaire so that they can present it to their spouse and say, Here's my needs, meet them, and the demand that they get their needs met. 
we have both of the spouses fill out the questionnaire and share it with each other so that you know one spouse can learn what would meet the needs of the other spouse in other words the work in the questionnaire is to listen and learn not to demand you are learning what would meet your spouse's needs and then you put that into action so that you're meeting their needs that's your promise is to give we help our counselees to see that the primary question is how can I please God and my spouse and not how can I please myself and here we get back once again it's like a full circle the focus is taken off of the self and then selfish actions like I'm not getting my needs met and continuing in infidelity do not make any sense that's uh, that's it that's our whole broadcast for this week the one obligation of marriage is to give and not to receive to give companionship and I hope this has been a blessing to you and it's something that you can take into your week and remember that uh, the focus is how can I please God how can I please my spouse and not about how can I please myself and I hope you will return next week and uh, thank you so much for listening God bless have a great day bye